Hello everyone and welcome to the latest Echoes Everton podcast uh, with me Phil Kirkbride, Everton editor Greg O'Keefe and sports writer Chris Beasley. We'll be reflecting on uh, a 0-0 draw at the Liberty Stadium on Saturday and of course looking forward to tomorrow night's, uh, hopefully, a triumphant uh, Capital One Cup game at Reading. Greg, we'll start about Swansea, uh, a 0-0 draw. Uh, is it a good point considering Swansea has sort of become one of the toughest away days in the Premier League? You know, they, they I think that was the first time they had scored at home since March, I think. I suppose in the, there are many positives from a point. Um, and suppose, you know, it's cup half full, half empty mm. kind of territory, isn't it? I can't help that nagging sort of sensation. It's not really a good point when you miss so many sitters, yeah. you know, when you have such guilt edged chances and you fluff them. One miss would have been forgivable. The amount that Everton conspired to, to you know, come up with was just a little bit unforgivable, really. I I feel mm. the back four gave them the platform with a superb performance to go and build on the shell scheme and get three points. Um, Kone's for me is the worst. You know, we've seen Aruna come on leaps and bounds, become a player as you interestingly talked about on Royal Blue this week. Mm. All of a sudden, you think he might be worth a new deal. But that was the old Kone we saw at Liberty Stadium. Not in his whole performance, but in that one moment, which is when a striker needs to step up and simply stick his boot out. Yeah. And Everton go home with three points, and all of a sudden they're flying high. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was it was two points dropped. I hate to be a misery guts, but that was yeah. uh, that's my feel, my feelings on it. Chris, um, as well as Kone missing a glaring one, Romelu had a couple of, of really good chances. I mean, do we have to accept that, that Lukaku... That's just where he is at the minute. He'll he'll go through spurts and spells where he'll score twos and threes in, in a handful of games, and then he'll he'll sort of have a little mini drought. Is that where he's at, or do we should we be expecting and demanding more of a, a twenty eight million pound striker? They are the kind of chances that Rom would usually take, but that's just a, a mark of what a great player that Rom is. Um, we all know the limitations he, he's got in his game. Um, we we've. I heard a lot about um, that look, his first touch, stuff like that. But um, that kind of finishing is the thing that he has got in his locker. Mm. He is usually a really cool finisher. So the fact that we're bemoaning he missed those chances just shows you what we ex- expect from Rom. He does normally tuck those chances away. So I suppose he's going to be as, di- as disappointed as anyone, the fact that he, di- he didn't take those chances. He is probably due a goal now. And I, I'm, I'm sure that when, you know, when he does get that next one, uh, quite a few more will, will follow. Greg, look, you mentioned the back four and it was really solid and, you know, John Stones and Phil Jagielka, you know, rightly sort of yeah. being sort of singled out as arguably the best defensive partnership in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Just want your feelings on either side of them. You know, we spoke a lot about Brendan Galloway recently in Easy in Life for a new deal, but, I'll, you know, from what you've seen and what you've told and been read, uh, read sorry, you know, it was another sort of show of faith from a manager to put Tyus Browning in there and he was up against Jefferson Montero, who is one of the most dangerous wingers in, in the league. How do you think he's he's come out of, of that situation? Yeah, you know, made up really. I remember, you know, doing the, the Everton correspondence job, Phil, before you before you took over and, you know, covering the Academy and, and what have you. And Tyus was always thought of highly. And it got to a point whereby there was seems to be a little bit of a lull in his development, his progress, if you like. And you'd hear whispers that there was a sense that he was an athlete. There was absolutely nothing lacking in that department. He was big, he was strong and he was quick. But was his reading in the game up to scratch? Was his kind of defensive now, his football, the technical aspect of a, of a footballer, was he quite on point there? You know, Was he going to make it in the Premier League? So I'm really pleased because I've always thought he was a lovely lad, um, really dedicated, wants to take this opportunity. I'm, I'm thrilled to see him 
to be honest, get the chance this season. And I'm pleased that Martinez just seems to be so fearless in throwing these lads in. And we've seen Brendan Galloway step up to the plate. I know Tyus is doing likewise, and maybe it's infectious. Maybe Tyus is looking at Galloway and thinking, well, he can do it, I can do it. Mm. And, you know, to see him handle someone like Montero, who I must admit I was, you know, I'd be having kittens if it was mm. me in this in that situation. He's so quick. And I did have a few fears before the game that he, whoever ends up going one-on-one with him would have problems. But really, I mean, Phil, you were there, obviously. Did he, did he kind of get the better of him on many, many occasions? I know Tyus seems to come, come out on top of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Roberto spoke of two early actions, as he said, and, and what he was referring to was within 10 seconds, the ball got fed out to Montero and he skinned Tyus. And I'm looking I'm looking to Preno and I'm going, oh, God, here we go. Could be a long day, this could yeah. be a long afternoon for the lad. And then his next move was a little bit hesitant and he, he, he didn't look altogether comfortable. He looked out like he had some early jitters. But he grew into the game. And by the end of it, Montero was quiet. He had it. Look, Montero had a cut inside and had a shot that t- Tim Howard felt comfortably tipped over. But apart from that, as Ty said to me afterwards, he said he was doing what I wanted him to do. Now, for a 21-year-old lad making his first start in the Premier League against a winger who had absolutely terrorised like Ivanovic and a few others, full international. That's an unbelievable statement. But you know, you know, it's it's a show of of, of what Roberto can do for these young lads. You know, he's yeah. got all the faith, and they must. You know, yeah, like I said he looked nervous early on, but. The confidence he must be given from being thrown in must be incredible, and 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 maybe Chris and it will sort of moves it on nicely to Reading. Maybe he might play against Reading. Do you think we'll see a lot of changes tomorrow night? Yeah, just speaking to Michael Ball about this, and he Ball he reckons that he'll, he'll keep this, the same spine of the team. Obviously, there's going to be changes there. There's a lot of good quality players sitting on the bench at the moment. The strong squad that um, Everton have got now. So I will expect some changes but you'd imagine you'd still have your Jagielka and Stones in the middle that real strong spine of the team and the, the changes will be in the, the more peripheral areas perhaps but the more attacking areas than the front five yeah yeah Greg do you think it's imperative then that you know as Roberto showed at Barnsley he's got to play Rom he's got to play as Chris says a really strong spine, as well as strong as he can do, even if that means do. playing a Barry yeah. and McCarthy. Because you know we don't play West Brom until Monday, so it's I the do. best part of a week. That's the first thing I said to you, wasn't it? You got yeah. back from Finch Farm earlier, uh, you know, with the news that we may well see Darren Gibson, Leon Osman involved. Um, look, I'm happy. I'm the first person to glad to see uh, Aussie involved in games. I think you know his, his ability is beyond dispute, uh, and his influence on mm. games especially on the, from the bench in Martinez's first season and then last term at times, yeah. is again, is undisputed. But I don't think that either of those being involved should come at the expense of putting out a side that means business and a side that is game-ready. Mm. Neither of those two, I know they played for the 21s last week. I'd rather see them playing for the 21s again tonight. And mm. Look, you can argue about whether that's depriving other young lads of, of game time. The priority for me, yeah. absolute priority, is going through it. Tomorrow, going <clears throat> yeah. through, preferably not any extra time, yeah. a convincing performance, getting to Wembley, yeah. and that takes priority above all else. So I would like to see the less changes, the better. Yeah, and interesting because obviously Martinez is sort of he hinted that they'll be they could start and definitely sort of that they'll be involved. And but again, you know, I asked him about whether Gerard Delafay will start. You know, is he ready to, ready to start? A lot of people want to see him play. Got a great little cameo at Swansea, and Roberto gave me the impression that he wouldn't do, which I think will surprise a lot of people. But you know. He's obviously going is going to go as strong as he did at Swansea, maybe, and maybe that's you know that's a, a positive sign, hopefully, Chris. Yeah, um, with there being no European football for Everton this season, the domestic cups have 
taken on a great deal of importance. Everton are the sort of team that they're not going to win the Premier League. They can do well in the Premier League, but the Cups are the most realistic chance of um, silverware. It's actually teams like Redden who's perhaps got other priorities. I think Steve Clark said he's going to make changes there. They'll be the ones who make the changes. Everton are the sort of team who should be going all out for this. There's a whole generation of Evertonians who've grown up now not seeing Everton win a trophy. And after the disappointments in the domestic trophies last season, Roberto's gone the whole way with Wigan. The lads want to see um, them do the same with Everton. There's a, some great players in there now, Jagielka, Lukaku, Baines, Tim Howard, a lot of experienced players as well, um, the young players who they want to have a legacy at Everton yeah. and, and that legacy would be uh, winning a trophy. Yeah, you, there's definitely a feeling though that this Everton team is good enough to go and win the League Cup, you know. And as you say, Greg, it's 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 it, at points like this, this horrible history that we've got in the League Cup. It's nights like this, you know, coming tomorrow night where Everton have previously got unstuck. But as we said, with West Brom not coming up until almost a week later, mm-hmm. there's got to be almost no excuse, really. There isn't. Um, you know, it, you can talk about the goalkeeper. It looks like, you know, we might see Joel Robles again. Uh, okay, he played against Barnsley and we came through that tie uh, and largely he was all right. He was solid. Um, I just, like Chris says, I just think that without Europe, the domestic cups have got to be the absolute priority. This competition for me at this stage has to be a priority. So, yeah, I want to see as few changes as possible just to stop bang on about it. Mm. And I want to see a convincing Everton go out there with it, fly at Reading, silence the home crowd, good tempo, and get some goals. Fingers crossed that's what happens. So, keep on the Echo website for all the reaction and analysis from the game. Nu bij Tele2, de Huawei P20. Omdat het kan. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Ik doe dat het moet, maar omdat het kan.